Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. I can take them to a place uh, personally that they can't get to themselves. Right back in this game. Big expectations. They got to buy into that, and it's not going to be comfortable at times. I pull and I root for the team because I know if the team's playing well, it makes the people in the city excited and happy. You know, we're in this thing to win. This game is over. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Cam Talbot. This is Carmen Dale from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. I could swear that's a re... Is that not... I don't think that's the original of that song, but anyways, what do I know? Uh, That's the Pet Shop Boys, uh, which in the mid-1980s, when the Edmonton Oilers were at their absolute height, uh, those guys were huge. Actually, I think 85, 86, they broke out sometime during the course of that year. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan. Saving your company money, all your devices managed at digitex.ca. This is Oilers Now. The day after the Edmonton Oilers organization officially relieved President and General Manager Peter Shirelli of his uh, duties as the man running the show for the hockey club. So where do we go here? Well, we're going to discuss that in the first half hour of the show. And I'm going to ask you for your thoughts now that the move's been made. 
So we'll get to that fairly quickly. We're going to hear some thoughts from a guy who's been in a GM chair, uh, Doug McLean, and we'd replay some of Brian Lawton's stuff, which was excellent, may I add, yesterday, and excellent devoid of any personal connection. Like, he didn't get personal because of things that maybe happened in the past or some people that were in context with him that are either employed by the Edmonton Oilers currently or in the past have been. Uh, we had some really intriguing guests on yesterday's show. Special thanks to all of you that texted us and called in and all that kind of stuff. Um, we have a jam-packed edition of Oilers now, too. We're going to hear from Doug McLean coming up, uh, former GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who was fired and replaced by Scott Housen, who works with the Edmonton Oilers. It should be noted the Doug McLean moved to TV and never has resurfaced in an NHL organization after leaving the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, uh, when he was uh, fired back in the spring of 2007. So he's been a media guy now for the last decade. Uh, Coming up at 1235, NHL hockey and Rogers color analyst, father of NHL player Jake DeBrusque, former oiler Louis DeBrusque. We'll get his thoughts on things. 105 today, fast becoming. Perhaps, is he the most popular guest on the show? This is a big day for us. we got Brendan Escott. He's just wrapping something up. He'll join us in about 10 seconds. But the Louis DeBrusque-Brian Burke combination, it goes pretty well on Thursdays. We're seeing that based upon the response to the show, based upon things like the podcast to the show and the amount of uh, downloads we get on that. And, yes, we monitor it and have to monetize it as well. But uh, I think you'd agree with that. You're the guy that puts that... Uh, the whole podcast thing out together, and you get it done right away, too, like just yeah. after 2 o'clock. But Thursdays are a day where we get a lot of hits on that baby, don't we? Absolutely, and and the text line as well is just littered with yeah. Burke for GM, and, you know, we love this segment. So It's funny how things have changed because I got the sense that a lot of people didn't like Brian Burke. And then he started doing the show, and and he, you know, you're going to know what's going to happen here because he, he's defended the position that Peter Shirelli's been in for a while, and now Edmonton's elected to make the move. So I'm going to be very intrigued. And there's no pre-conversations before Brian does the show, okay? That's I just feel that's better uh, with the guests. I don't sit there and say, all right, this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to have you on the show today, and we're going to talk about these four or five things, and then we're going to take it down. That doesn't, you know what? There's a reason why it's called live radio. Uh, now, that said, we had to pre-tape our conversation with Jay Woodcroft because he was flying as uh, during the course of this show. How about the Bakersfield Condors? They have won six games in a row. They're going pretty good. Uh, Jay's, frankly, it's not a surprise. Anybody that's listened to the show over the last three or four years knows that, you know, I, in fairness for all you people out there that uh, despised everything about Peter Shirelli. Uh, Shirelli and Keith Gretzky had started to build a little bit better developmental system. I call it a 6 out of 10 system right now. Still needs lots of work. Um, but part of it has been getting the right guys down there, coaching the team in the right energy level with young prospects. And the Oilers also have better prospects. But you got to play your young guys. So Jay Woodcroft coming up at 135. They're likely going to make the playoffs. I uh, don't think there's any question about that. Uh, here's how you get a hold of us. You can reach us on our uh, Oilers Now hotline, 780-496-0063. That is for Heartland Ford. Think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your ter- your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. Um, go see Kelly and Griffin the gang out there, and they'll take care of you at Heartland Ford. You can text us. That's how you text us. Oh, you know what happened here? 
did we cross-reference? That's what happened. We cross-referenced. So our, our text line, 630-630 for Heartland Ford, and a River Creek Resort and Casino hotline is 780-496-0063. And I'm such a dummy, I just looked at the script and read it. it was, it's, there's your Anchorman moment right there, man. It's as close as I'll ever be compared to Will Ferrell, who's truly a very funny fellow. You can text us at 630-630. Coming up uh, later in the show, as we mentioned, for Canadian Power Pack, it is Brian Burke for the folks at Canadian... Power Pack Rob Kinsey's group, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. To the Oilers Now Audio Vault we go. Let's get her going. For direct workwear, for product knowledge, compliance, great pricing and innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. This is what Doug McLean, he was on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins last night, and he had this to say on uh, being an NHL general manager. It's a tough job, let me tell you. There's, there's. I mean, I when I was in it, it was tough enough, and today it's even. In my opinion, it's even tougher. So, I don't envy them. It's a, it's a grind. You've got to, uh, you know, your number one job is to keep the owner happy. That's never easy. Then you got to keep the fans happy, and that's near impossible. And uh, after that, you got to deal with the players and the coaches and everybody else, scouts. So it's a, it's an interesting job. McLean added some additional comments on why being a general manager today is harder than it uh, uh, was perhaps during his time. Cap has been a is a major thing. I was when I was there, we had the cap, but it was just moving. And I was with a team that was at the floor, so you know it was it was a challenge for us to get to the floor and and be able to be a viable franchise. And you know today everybody is pretty well at the cap i mean we get the odd team so and the problem is is when you're at the cap then you're you're constant pressure as to how to improve your team because you've got uh, you know cap issues you look at the Edmonton owners with 73 million committed for next year so you know that that puts a major major and that you know the the challenge is you're today you're not a playoff team and you've got 73 million committed for next year so the new guy coming in has challenges and it's no different than than the calgary flames have challenges because they're up against it but they're they're a good team right now so it makes it a little bit easier uh all right so you're saying well what does doug mcclain have to say about peter shirelli's tenure as edmonton Oilers general manager here it is well you know there was a variety of moves that didn't work there, there's no denying that and you look at the first movie made was bringing in lucic and look it's i understand totally why he brought lucic in he goes into boston and the first move that happened when he went to boston is he brought chera from ottawa you know it was a cornerstone guy he brings lucic because he was one of his most important guys on a cup run character tough uh you know, was a real important guy in his Bruins team, and, and he thought he'd be the ideal guy to bring into the dressing room with a young Connor McDavid and and Taylor Hall and company, a veteran guy that's big and tough and can play the game. And unfortunately for Peter, it it bombed. You know, it, it bombed for whatever reason, uh, speed or whatever, but it it bombed, and that was the number one thing. And then. You step up and you you trade Taylor Hall and uh, you know I remember I remember the media in, in Calgary or in Edmonton saying hey yeah, that, that's how yeah, it's that tough to get a number one defenseman you got to make those moves to get a number one defenseman well he's not a number one defenseman and it hasn't been a good move and it's been a challenging move especially with what Hall did so that put Peter behind the eight ball Sakara signing was not a good one for me because he was he's been injured so much. 
you know, everybody wants to bring up the Griffin Reinhardt uh, trade that, you know, gave up a couple of things. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Do you think Peter Shirelli was really responsible for the Griffin? You don't think somebody in that scouting staff, and I know somebody on that scouting staff that desperately wanted Griffin Reinhardt, and they talked the team into, into signing him. And it was a, it was a tough tough trade and it, that'll stay with Peter forever and I'm not buying it anything to do with it so that's a myth out there that GMs are involved in every one of those little you know not little but those types of transactions when you don't know the junior player so anyway I mean it just it didn't it, it just uh, nothing seemed to work I thought I thought McClellan was a was a real good choice as a coach and that for whatever reason Todd just couldn't get through to them and that was a very disappointment for me and I can't imagine what it was for for uh, Peter, so so many things went awry, and I I remember talking to him when he got the job, thinking, "Oh my God, you're the next luckiest guy compared to Ray Shiro." Ray Shiro goes from assistant GM in Nashville. His first GM job is Pittsburgh with Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Flurry, on and on and on. And I'm thinking, "You're the next guy. You get a GM's job, and you got Connor McDavid. How lucky are you?" Well, today he doesn't feel so lucky. All right, he hit on a lot of things there, uh, some of which, and you know what, I'm not going to, I mean, he was a guest on Reed's show, um, and he's got to cover a lot of different teams, so the sequency, um, the sequencing in some of his timelines a little off, but I agreed with a lot of things that he said. Uh, let's, uh, let's start with the fact that here we go. You ready? You ready to go with this? You think you can handle it? So, first of all, as we all know, uh, his first move was not to sign Milan Lucic. That happened a year into the job. Uh, and that's why I'll give McLean a, a bit of a free pass just because, again, he doesn't cover the team on a day-to-day basis. One of the first things that happened is uh, Shirelli, uh, the Edmonton Oilers won the lottery on April the 18th. Peter Shirelli was hired on Friday, April the 24th. Uh, one of his first moves was to wait until the conclusion of the uh, wait till the conclusion of the World Hockey Championships, and then the Edmonton Oilers in the third week of May, because I know I was uh, with my son on his birthday down in Disneyland, third week of May, hire Todd McClellan as a head coach. That was one of his first moves. Uh, the combination of McClellan and uh, Shirelli was universally uh, accepted throughout oil country and with even the, you know, the hard-charging uh, analytics brigade out there who, you know, love to... And God knows the Oilers have given them lots of opportunities to... Uh, it's, it'd be like covering the uh, Trump administration, I guess, at times. Uh, but Edmonton's failures have given uh, people lots of reason to, to tear into the organization. Uh, so let's let's deal with 2015. Fires Stu McGregor, the head scout, uh, about a week before the draft. That, too, was uh, met with much approval from a lot of the fan base. Do I believe that Peter Shirelli was talked into trading for Griffin Reinhardt? I believe that there were individuals on the scouting staff that really liked Griffin Reinhardt and maybe were in a little bit of debate as to what to do with the 16 and 33, uh, 33rd overall picks. Some would say trading the uh, you know trading for a fourth overall pick from two you know three years earlier for a 16 made sense. The, the second round pick, uh, you know, bottom line here is the trade fell flat, did not work out. Reinhardt uh, 
lacked explosiveness in his stride and had a reputation for not being uh, a guy who was totally 100% all in in terms of off-ice training and that sort of thing and has not progressed. I personally thought Griffin Reinhardt would be a better player than he turned out to be. Okay? I thought he was going to be a better player than he's turned out to be. So, but I'm not, I don't know if I would have traded him for the 16th overall pick in the draft that year. I would have had to have done a lot of investigation. So he's right. That's a trade that I don't think is fully on Peter Shirella. The signing of Andre Sekra, if you would recall to those, I, I was the one that suggested I didn't see any uh, going out and uh, fishing for any big whales. And the Oilers did. They brought Sekra in. Uh, he has been injury-plagued. The handling from Shirelli's perspective of the injury in 2017 offseason and not getting a replacement knowing he, had, knowing he had a torn ACL is a legitimate criticism that can be directed his way. He was just unlucky this past year with the torn Achilles tendon, as we have repeatedly mentioned. Trading Taylor Hall. What's the saying? Mia culpa? You know, I think now we all, you know, now Adam Larson's had some unfortunate things happen during his stay at Edmonton too. He's he's been a really. I, I think Adam Larson, with a good left shot defenseman, can can form a top pairing. Uh, Adam's been hard on his own game. He's gone through a very difficult personal time. I'll never quite understand all the parameters that went into Taylor Hall, other than to suggest to you that he has matured and become a hell of a player, and has shown leadership ability and. Uh, there were there seemed to be some individuals around the hockey club early in Taylor's development as an oiler that uh, wanted to put him in his place. And they weren't all on the ice in terms of other players. In fact, I've spoken to it you know, people say, Well, he was this, he was that. I I didn't see it. You know, what I saw was a guy who showed up every night and brought energy to the team. You know, some people didn't like his body language when he stretched down the bench during commercial timeouts. I think the guy is a pretty good player, and uh, he's a hell of a driver. So that's, you know, that said, could the Oilers, yeah, the Oilers progressed the first year with the change, and Taylor struggled a bit in New Jersey, and then the second year of the trade, obviously Edmonton struggled, and Taylor became an MVP. So you don't win that deal. The McLean didn't even get to the moves that have occurred this year, which to me, in some respect, the combination, the confluence, could not have worked out worse for Peter Shirelli. They've already sent Spooner to the minors. We haven't even discussed the trade down from Everly to Strom and then from Strom to Spooner. Uh, you, you bought a little bit of cap space in that regard as well. So at the end of the day, the decision, like, it was time. That's pretty obvious. And the other thing is, and just so everybody's, for full disclosure purposes, um, virtually all of you, do you, how many texts do you think we got a day that said fire Shirelli in the final week or two of this? Texts and Look, tweets. Yeah, I couldn't even count. It was like, off the charts. Would, would you say seventy percent, eighty percent of the texts that came in? Uh, that's probably fair to say. Yeah. Well, yep. all right. So they moved. The, they made the decision, and so you know they made the decision. It's a tough job. Uh, I would suggest Edmonton needs to look for a guy that's got a handle on other organizations. That so maybe has done a lot of investigative work into other organizations. A guy that uh, is devoid of ego. Um. Maybe has a bit of a feel for the West, which is why I like Kelly McCrimmon. But that's one guy's opinion. Uh, what do you do now, Brendan? 
that's what I want to go, and you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers Now. What do you do now? What do you do now when you're still potentially competing for a playoff spot, but you don't want to give away any future assets? So what sort of moves do you make? That I don't know how much wiggle room they genuinely have to be making yeah. moves. I think they need to be looking within themselves. I think if Tyler Benson continues to produce like this in Bakersfield, yeah, maybe I, he gets a look, but then they said they want to let them uh, nurture themselves in the A's. So I, I genuinely, Bob, don't know. To me, know. they're going to have to offload some money off defense. Mm-hmm. They got, you know, this was the criticism. Like, I get the Petrovich deal. What have, what have we said all along about the, the Manny trade, that that was a I, I mean, I said at the moment it happened as well. I said I didn't really get it. Um, I wonder if there was more than one input on that. For sure. The combination of those two trades was perplexing, not even to get into the whole history of Manning. So you can text us at 630, 630. Hey, I get it. You know, you're going to sit there and say, well, you know, we've. <laughs> so tell me what you think the team should do in the short term. That's what I want to know. I do not think this situation is dire as everybody else does, but maybe I'm just the eternal optimist, okay? And I did believe we were headed down an inevitable path here. And so we have a resolution to that path. Uh, and, and for the record, Brendan, does this make the perspective of Todd McClellan different now? I think so. It's about the personnel that's here. It's not about necessarily the coach. Right, and I think that... Most educated Oilers fans suspected that all along. I will say one thing that was really interesting yesterday on Koskinen. Do we have that clip where Bob Nicholson talks about the fact that Shirelli didn't make the sole decision on the signing of Miko Koskinen? Uh, instead, uh, that was a collaborative effort from the organization. Here's Bob Nicholson, the Oilers CEO, yesterday. Peter did not make that deal all by himself. Uh, this deal really started when we got together with our pro scouts in Palm Springs uh, in our meetings. We looked at the depth of uh, the goalies that would be available at the uh, next year. We really believe in Miko. Uh, we had to make a decision between Miko and Cam. We made that decision uh, to go with Miko uh, and sign sign him to a three-year deal. Uh, Cam Talbot is a still a big part of this team. Uh, and he's been a great teammate, and we'll, we hope that uh, Cam will continue to play well for the team. So I thought that was a good moment because the easy move would have been to say, well, this was mostly on Peter. And just like the Reinhardt trade wasn't mostly, and there are moves that are mostly on Peter. And allow me to suggest to you that there, I can 100% guarantee you that some individuals disagreed with Peter to his face. Okay. I can 100% guarantee you that occurred. Figure out what I'm saying. We'll go off to a global news weather traffic update coming up with uh, Morgan Black. And then when we come back, Louis DeRusk, who... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. 
the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I often disagree with when it comes time to uh, who's going to pay the bill on the road because Louie's got a bigger per diem than I do. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.